Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Wildstorm Addiction. This is episode 48 from May 2014. I'm Joe David Solis. And I'm Ben Murphy. And after a very long hiatus, <laughs> a year to be exact, although probably a much needed one for both of us, <laughs> we're back again. <laughs> We always seem to come back in the midst of tragedy, because <laughs> uh, as a lot of you know, we went on hiatus last summer because uh, the Wildstorm titles pretty much went down to just Stormwatch only, and we figured after, you know, what was it, two years at that point, uh, following the New 52? Yes. That uh, maybe it was time for a break anyway. And apparently our absence was noticed because uh, we got a shout-out from Comic Book Resources by Chris Arendt, who did an article about the the, the downfall of Wildstorm in the New 52 and mentioned us, saying how even, how did he say it, even the, the fan site Wildstorm Addiction went silent this summer. <laughs> I was just like, wow, we're noticed. <laughs> People noticed that we left. <laughs> it's because we're the only two schmucks in America, that are, or the world, that actually care. <laughs> yeah, and record it for posterity. <laughs> we are going to briefly <laughs> touch on the big chunk of uh, Jim Starlin's run, which was Stormwatch 21 to 30. And we are going to touch on some other Wildstorm appearances, which I hope I loaded them all up here. If not, I can jump over on Clark's, Clark's Bar and good old Titan at Clark's Bar has been keeping us updated on all the Wildstorm appearances because I have personally have not been following all of them. Have you been? For the most part. To my detriment. <laughs> well, let's go over some... Uh, we actually do have some news there has, and there has been some positive news. First off, Divine Right, The Adventures of Max Faraday issues are up at Comixology. They've been up since last year. And so it kind of left everybody wondering what they have coming up, why they would even uh, bother to put that up there. So we'll see if that's going to come of anything in the future other than, you know, DC just capitalizing on back issues. <laughs> right along those veins, um, Comixology just got bought out by Amazon.com just a couple weeks ago. I don't, I don't know what that'll really mean other than hopefully we'll get some more sales. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, that's true. I did read that and I, I'm, as much as I love Amazon, I'm kind of just waiting and seeing what they're going to do. <laughs> uh, hopefully it'll be a good thing. But speaking of Amazon, uh, a couple of things that are for sale on Amazon already. Uh, we have the Death Below Deluxe Edition hardcover, which released in March. And the soft cover is coming out next year, in January of 2015. And it collects numbers 1 through 12 of the original image series plus the the story from darker image number one which really surprised me that they were able to dig that one out of storage and put it in there and uh also saw that there's a divine right hardcover scheduled for december of 2014 so again is dc gearing up to use these characters somehow who knows <laughs> but uh, <laughs> a hardcover of that would be nice because uh, i haven't picked up the death blow one one thing that has been awesome uh, probably one of the few things to be um, 
really beneficial since Wildstorm has been part of the New 52 is that we have gotten plenty of Wildstorm hero clicks. As you saw, you know, in the year prior, we we showed off that the the Wildcats got the hero clicks treatment, and so did Gen 13. Well, since then, uh, in the recently released Superman and the Legion of Superheroes set, it included a Daemonite, Hellspot, Mister Majestic, and Ladytron. So, you can now do a very epic battle between the Wildcats and Hellspot and a bunch of Daemonites. I believe the count is 11 Daemonites and Hellspawn equals the Wildcats, if anybody's curious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still trying to gather all the Daemonites. I have some, I have like four. And, much to the glee of our friend Chris Stryker from uh, Clark's Bar, the Authority is coming in the next Heroclix set called this DC Heroclix The Flash, which is on October the 15th of this year, which is my birthday. Thank you, WizKids. <laughs> And uh, so far in the pictures that have been released, only a picture of Midnighter was included, and he's in his classic costume, which has been the um, the trend so far with these, is that all the characters in their classic costumes, with the exception of the Ravagers, which of course had their version of Fairchild, but there was also the Gen 13 Fairchild, so we had two Fairchilds in one set, so that was nice. And... One thing that we just celebrated is the podcast is four years old. Yay! <laughs> it just hit four years old in April. <laughs> this feels like a cheat. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> all that counts is we're still here. <laughs> when all the dust settles, we're still standing. Uh, so one per year counts, I guess? <laughs> <laughs> it works for Image Comics. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Sorry. So much you. truth in there. That hurts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and these last two, uh, you threw these in here, so I didn't know if you wanted to touch on them, because uh, the, this next point we're kind of going to touch on in the reviews. So do you want to take this part? It was just some future-end news um, with Stormwatch. And uh, Stormwatch is still in Future's End, and you'll see Grifter in Future's End, and we'll we'll get to that a little bit later. But the last thing was just that the the movement was canceled with issue number 12 in May. And uh, the only reason why I bring that up is it had uh, the Wildstorm character, Rainmaker, in quite a bit of those issues throughout the series. But that's pretty much it. Um, and Gail Simone wrote it, and she's awesome, and she always creates cool characters in a cool world that stands alone. So I enjoyed the run. I hope you guys did too. Sadly, another little hidden gem kind of lost amongst, yeah. <laughs> amongst the bat super titles. <laughs> the bat super titles. What we're going to do <laughs> is we're going to briefly discuss Jim Sarlin's run because in a nutshell, as we, as I'm sure all of you who actually followed it to the bitter end know by now, it was what I like to call the just kidding arc. <laughs> so let's just get into it. All right. Stormwatch number 19 through 30. Mostly written by Jim Starlin with art by Yelv Gucci. Except for number 30, which was written by Sterling Gates and art by Jeremy Roberts, which was palatable. <laughs> compared to the rest. Yeah, nice dessert, right? <laughs> right, it really was. Really, what do I have to say about Stormwatch 19 through 29 third /30? Nothing good. I, I feel 
Don't I feel bad about this? No, not at all. Uh, <laughs> so Stormwatch was the only title that kept us going for the rest of the year. We didn't even bother covering it each month because it really wasn't even worth covering. I I cannot imagine that anybody really appreciated this run. I want to find something positive in it, but I really, I honestly can't. Like, I feel pretty cheated by the whole thing. It's it's just reboot upon reboot, and it's frustrating. It wasn't enjoyable to read. I didn't need any of it, honestly. Uh, this last issue was the only thing that was worthwhile reading, and it was just another relaunch, and it goes away with that. So it, it was kind of right-setting back to where they were previously with the New 52, and we got nothing out of it. There was... Um, Maybe you got more than I did, Joe. I know you didn't even bother picking it up monthly um, as it came out. You delayed it, which was fine because that, that made sense. There was no, no reason to kind of go out on Wednesday and seek it out. It, it just wasn't worth the time. Well, I get my books from DCBS, so I did get it monthly, but I just kept setting it aside after issue like 23, whatever the last, or 22, whatever the last written review I did on the site was. And so I did pretty much read it all in one go after that. The best way I can describe it is just it's mind-numbingly mundane is what I came up with. <laughs> because, you know, I mean, Jim Starlin is a, is a legend, you know. I mean, he, you know, he did Infinity Gauntlet for crying out loud, you know. And... That's basically what it seemed like. It seemed like a little bit of Infinity Gauntlet. It seemed like a little bit of, uh, you know, I could see, uh, I can't even remember the character, but it's basically his Thanos character that was helping Jenny's soul, you know. And I mean, even had him stand the same way with his arm behind his back and all that, you know. So it was almost like he was doing an uh, alternate version of that and it just kind of bringing in several ideas that he's done in the past into this one story. And I think that was what the thing about it that was kind of frustrating is that not only that, but I guess ultimately it's just the whole, like I said, it's just like it called it the just kidding arc. You know, you get to issue 29 and you start with 30 and, and, uh, and it's basically like, Oh, we were just kidding that it happened, but didn't really matter, you know? And, uh, that's why issue 30 was so refreshing. Cause it's like it, as much as, I mean, we didn't, think that the original run was perfect before Sodom took over, but I think it. Had, I think this made me appreciate it more. It made <laughs> me appreciate that that uh, Stormwatch did have a a nice place in the in the New Fifty Two at that point. You know, even I even mean, I even have you know uh, a friend of mine who does not like Wildstorm at all agreed that Stormwatch, the way that they portrayed them as you know the secret group that was there before Justice League, you know, was a cool idea. It was, and they just didn't capitalize on it you know they just basically did to it the same thing that happened to wildstorm over and over and you know it's just it's not working it's not selling let's just reboot it you know then they just changed their minds so (laughs) that was the most polite way that you could have said that (laughs) issue 30 let you know how much you appreciated the new 52 version before starlin's run Mm -hmm. it's true though that's really sad but that is very very true yeah, I didn't have too much bad to say about the first couple arcs of Stormwatch before he took over, but man, 
it was like hitting a brick wall. It was definitely always at the bottom of my stack, and it was the first one to come out in the month. Mm-hmm. It was really frustrating. And, you know, there was a tie-in with, uh, shoot, what's his face? I don't even care. That's how much I regretted reading all of these <laughs> at the beginning with, of the run. With was, Lobo? Yeah, Lobo was in yeah. the beginning of the, the whole arc, and I was like, what is even the point of this? And quickly got him out of there, but it's just frustrating. There was too many characters in the entire thing. Like, Stormwatch is a big crew, but... You know, he introduced some of his old characters that he wanted to try to bring back and some of the old classic Wildstorm versions of, well, not even Wildstorm versions, but like he tried to bring back a version of Fuji and, and Hellstrike and there's just, there was too much going on. He never focused on any one character except for Jenny Soul and even by then it was too little too late and what was the point? Not good. But I guess in all of that, that they were like, okay, maybe we did have something good, and let's just go back to it. <laughs> when they pre- pretty much just put everything back into place. Um, it, it is kind of weird that they didn't build into the authority, because it seemed like that's where they were going. It seems like a lot of what they planned did never come to fruition. You know, the whole Daemonite invasion. You know, I remember I remember uh, Dan DiDio last year, or maybe two years ago now almost, saying that Stormwatch was going to have a bigger role in the DCU 52, you know? Maybe that was true. Or maybe he was pinning it all on Starlin. I I don't know. But all in all, it's kind of one of those, it's it's like you see your your kids go somewhere (laughs) that you don't want them to go, and you're like, oh, thank God they survived, they're back. Okay, let's just forget that ever happened (laughs) and move on. I I just don't understand how they can continue to just go so wrong with all of these characters. And I mean, they don't do it with their other major players in in the DCU. So why does it keep happening over here? I mean, even um, Jim Lee's comments on the state of the Wildstorm from CBR, you know, you can kind of see his frustration, but it, it's all editorial at this point. Like, how does nobody get it? They all read read the books from you know, 20 years ago and love them, why can they not make this work? Because basically he's saying here from CBR, you know, he he says that he was asking the New York editors, no, they were asking him, you know, they would come to him about a Wallstorm idea. It's like, do you like this? Do you think it's cool? And his response to them was, look, I want your take on the characters. We spent many years doing our take on the West Coast and we'd love to see them through the filter of the New York office. He's like, you guys deal with these great iconic characters like Superman and Batman where do, Grifter, where do characters like Grifter and some of the Wildcats or Gen 3, where they fit in the mythology? You know, and he's like, you do creatively, he's like, yeah, there's some hits and misses. <laughs> he's like, that's why they've held back franchises like Gen 13 and Wildcats. He says he wants to be more directly involved with them. So when the time comes, he says, hopefully Wildstorm fans will be happy. <laughs> I love how he put the word hopefully in there. But it's just like, you, who knows those characters better than him, you know? Right. Because he's always had good renditions of them. And yeah, there's been some great renditions of, of the of the characters that other people did. I mean, Alan Moore's Wildcats, mm-hmm. you know, is a great example. I mean, so I, I can kind of understand why maybe he's trying to, to have lightning strike twice again, you know, with some of these. And But I think it's just that some, some people, they did remember what the books were like those years ago. You know, that's why we got Grunge show up in Superboy pretty much the way he had always looked. As compared to Fairchild, who got a completely re complete redo, you know, other than her general look. 
I guess you're right, but yeah, I don't even know where to go from there because there there were some good things that came out of it, but they just fell by the wayside. I mean, think of Warblade, what they did with him. They made him into an evil character, and I loved that take on that character. I thought it was great. Yeah, no, that really that was probably the surprise. I guess if you you know look at all the characters so far, that was the surprise to me. That would, you know, I think there just needs to be more. Uh, congruency maybe you know between the editors like obviously we found out that the whole Damon invasion got squashed by the fact that the Superman camp wanted to do hell on earth storyline you know and so it's stuff like that that kills this you know Superman's had his bad stuff too you know you had Dre Michael Straczynski do the whole grounded story which nobody liked (laughs) you know Wonder Woman's had the same thing happen I mean, this happened, but for whatever reason, maybe just because those characters are so iconic, they can recover faster. <laughs> yeah, they're iconic, and they've been around for decades upon decades, whereas, you know, they haven't yet successfully taken the Wildstorm characters and merged them into the DCU or got them over into DC where, like, people can chew on that and be okay with that. I, You know, we're three years into this, and they're still not okay with that. Yeah. And that's problematic. Yeah. I mean, I always point to, to this, you know, like Blue Beetle and and Shazam and things like that, you know, that they have worked them in. It's taken a while and that they have gone through many iterations <laughs> before they've settled on something, but it's worked. And who knows? Maybe that's what has to happen with these characters. They just have to keep coming back until finally something sticks. As we'll see here later. Uh, when we review features in, there is still hope, you know. <laughs> um, so, hope or death. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we talk about that, how about we talk about another high point of last summer, which was uh, the Justice League Flashpoint Paradox animated movie? Because uh, I, I just think that 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 we have to go over that, especially if some people out there missed it, which I would hope whoever listens to this podcast would already know to check that out. You know, because we had a, a the first animated appearance of grifter in like 15 years <laughs> or more and it was a great representation of grifter so <laughs> and speaking of great representations of grifter <laughs> why don't we just go ahead and move on to futures in number one go for it as many of you know or have seen already by the time we actually get this podcast out uh, futures end is dc's new weekly series so in the vein of the, you know the the original one that came out, which is simply called Fifty Two, and then you know Countdown, and later became Countdown to Infinite Crisis and all that. Again, hits and misses. Fifty Two was awesome. Countdown not so much. Brightest Day not so much. <laughs> Never heard much about Trinity, so I'm not sure how all these weeklies have worked in the past. But here's the hoping that this one works because now that Stormwatch is as a title is gone, this is where the Wildstorm characters have been shuffled into. <laughs> For those of you who hopefully picked up Futures in number zero on Free Comic Day, it's basically a future where Brother Eye has taken over everything. And that includes the major players in the DCU, including Superman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, I think is dead. But of course, Superman, I mean, I'm sorry, Batman has evaded all this and has a plan to stop it. (laughs) And that plan is to send Terry McGinnis, who's from Batman Beyond, and uh, send him back in time to stop all this. But apparently it's interrupted, and he gets sent back in time five years too late. 
So he's like not in present day. He's five years from now, which apparently DC loves the five years thing. Because <laughs> that was the whole original 52. It had been, no, that was a year later. Sorry, one year later. But they do like the five-year thing. Because when the whole thing from Justice League issue one to the new 52 releases, there was like five years of worth of superheroes in the world. That's a lot to happen in five years. So we have you know Terry McGinnis show up in present day and he realizes that uh, he has to figure out a way how to stop this even though the, uh, everything that's been put in motion so far seems like it's too late. Apparently Mr. Terrific is responsible for uh, setting up the technology which will eventually lead to Brother Eye taking over everything. And meanwhile, while he's trying to figure all this out, it shows uh, Stormwatch still exists and they are called Stormwatch, not the Authority. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. You already jumped over to Futures N1, mm-hmm. didn't you? Yeah. I do want to call... Uh, sorry. <laughs> I, got, I got a little distracted. Um, I was still flipping through uh, Issue Zero from Free Comic Book Day. Oh, okay. Oh, yes, I, yes, yes. Go ahead. I know what you're so, doing. <laughs> did you see the one panel of Grifter? Just his face. And um, it's like uh, halfway through the book, right across from a Batman Superman Volume 1 ad basically yeah what does he look like to you there because because i was like cracking up laughing what does he look like <laughs> he looks like alice cooper oh because <laughs> he has the like black stripes painted around his eyes instead yeah, of mask <laughs> exactly i was like wow why did they decide to do that but whatever yes no and i'm sorry i did i did skip over the fact that future grifter uh gets killed and it seems to be his fate in the TCU is <laughs> to just die all the time, no matter what, no matter where. Hey, you got like what? Three panels? Yep. So, yeah, I forgot about that. Maybe I was just trying to block that out. Um, <laughs> yeah, so he got killed. Um, but that's future Grifter, so we'll see the current Grifter. Well, kind of current Grifter. Yeah, this whole five years thing is confusing. <laughs> but, but yeah. Yeah, I agree with the Alice Cooper thing. That's that's funny. Not too distant future. That's what it is. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, back to futures in number one. We see Stormwatch is still called Stormwatch. They never did become the authority. Uh, they did seem to lose Jenny Quantum, or at least she's not in these scenes, and neither is uh, the projectionist, and obviously not Harry Tanner or Adam One. Who we saw that Adam One is a Shadow Lord, by the way. I forgot to mention that was an important part of Stormwatch number thirty. Oh yeah. So, Adam 1's still out there. But we have Hawkman as part of Stormwatch, which I loved. Uh, I think it was either Bleeding Coup or CBR, who they were like, yeah, apparently Stormwatch is where everybody goes when your book is canceled. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I was just like, damn. <laughs> so, Hawkman's here, and then they just threw in a new character called Mermaid, who I'm pretty sure I've never seen before, but she's just generic background yes we did pick up somebody who's not relevant character <laughs> i don't know maybe that's a good sign just saying hey guys you will see stormwatch back in some some form or another but yeah that is odd that they just start throwing people over there but you know they get a, a cool scene uh, they basically you know angie gets taken over by an entity again <laughs> <laughs> And uh, so you know, it's warning them, and she's warning them that that it is the threat that they've been preparing for for centuries. 
So then we have, uh, you know, uh, the ship turn against them, which we do have the carrier, by the way. That was another thing I forgot to mm-hmm. clarify, is that we have the actual carrier, because the Eye of the Storm was destroyed. I don't think they ever explained where they got the carrier from, but if it's anything like the old one, then they just stumble across it in hyperspace. <laughs> yeah, something like that, yeah. But, uh, you know, they're fighting off the ship, and then, uh, you know, have a nice moment between Apollo and Midnighter, because apparently Apollo wants to go out in space to check out what, what it is that's threatening them, and whatever it is he sees, it uh, makes him recoil in horror, and before right before it disintegrates him. <laughs> <laughs> and then, apparently it causes the carrier to initiate uh, self-destruct, and it blows up, and bye-bye Stormwatch, according to whatever it was monitoring them, says that it's that they have been taken care of. So, meanwhile, back on Earth, <laughs> we are reintroduced to a badass grifter uh, who's going through a house, seemingly killing a family. <laughs> but we find soon that it's not the family, it's uh, the good old Damonites again. And they have uh, possessed this whole family and grifter is still on a mission to take them all out. And he does so by taking out uh, the mom, the dad, and even the little girl. So, yay, Grifter, for not uh, not uh, discriminating <laughs> who the Daemonites take over. Which I guess uh, goes back to an old point. We always wondered if uh, the way they made it seem was that if the, these Daemonites possessed you, you pretty much were screwed. Which would explain why he just went ahead and killed them all. Yeah, good point. Yeah, they did. And, yeah, it was cool that they kept his power that he can see them. Yeah, so that that was a nice reintroduction to Grifter. And uh, Ray from Clark's Bar mentioned that people were, did like this intro of him, which is an intro for a lot of people. It's funny to, to say it that way, but it is. <laughs> no, it was a really cool reintroduction. You're right. So we have that, and then we have uh, the Firestorm boys. I don't, not, I don't remember their names, but they combined to make Firestorm now. Is a story in the New 52. And apparently Green Arrow called for help, and they didn't answer fast enough, and now he's dead. So <laughs> that's where we end Future's End. <laughs> Lots of death and destruction in this first issue. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I've been talking forever. I'll let you talk, Finn. What do you think? <laughs> what do I have to talk about? Um, <laughs> I, it was definitely a very strong first issue. I'm excited to see where it goes i don't know if i will stick to every single issue throughout the summer it's kind of heavy weekly but what else do i have to read i guess at this point (laughs) yeah i'm gonna try my best to do to stick weekly with it are you doing digital or are you actually yes that's what i was another thing i was going to mention this is the first book that i am going totally digital with i finally just decided to do it because i just don't want to have any more floppies for especially for titles that have only partial characters that I care about. <laughs> that sounds so kinky. I know, right? <laughs> so far, so good. I mean, I, I, I do love Batman Beyond, so uh, I think I'm going to enjoy following him here. I know he's had you know a, a book in the DCU here for a while now, but I think this is their way of you know bringing him in so he can interact with some of the other characters. And um, I, I remember... Firestorm being in Brightest Day, and that was when they created the Black Lantern called Deathstorm, who was really cool. But I've never been able to get into Firestorm as a character himself, so I'm not sure how much I'm going to enjoy his part in all this. But I will definitely 
Obviously, you know, see how much we're going to follow Grifter. Yes, I do not believe that Stormwatch is done for now. <laughs> I'm sure that there's more to that. Yeah, there there definitely is. Unfortunately, spoilers, there's already been the solicits for August, and that title keeps coming back up. So, But yeah, hopefully it'll just be a new way to introduce these characters to all the fans out there who were never going to give the uh, issues of Stormwatch, Grifter, Voodoo, any of that a try. And so at that, at the very least, we have that. We didn't even uh, talk about the creators on this one. It's, it's, it's just like the other weekly series. Of course, it takes several uh, writers and artists to keep track of it all. So this has some big names on it. It's written by Brian Azzarello, which you know should worry me, but it doesn't. And then Jeff Lemire, Dan Jurgens, and Keith Giffen who those last two, you know, have always had their hands in the big DC events. And uh, with art by Patrick Zercher, who I have to mention did Shadow Man for Valiant there for a while, and his art is amazing. So I love that he did this first issue. Unfortunately, because of the weekly schedule, I know we won't see him every week, <laughs> but hopefully he will come back. And the covers by Ryan Sook, who did do uh, those last uh, Wildcats covers, you remember? From, yeah, uh, yeah. So I always remember his stuff from that. Now you're right, it is a strong crew and it will be interesting to see how it, how it kind of bounces around between people, but uh, you know, it it will I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do honestly. Um, <laughs> I'll be texting you if uh be like uh Grifter had a one head you know shot panel in this one, you've got to pick up the whole issue. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's that's actually a good segue into the other Wildstorm sightings and tie-ins for the last year. Yeah. <laughs> Big thanks to Titan from Clark's Bar for helping keep us up to date with all these appearances. I did not necessarily get all of these. I was trying to seek out most of them, but uh, let's just go through the list, and if you have any comments, uh, go ahead and shoot. All-Star Western, 17 through 20. Those were all the Stormwatch backups, and we covered most of those. Um, yeah, before unfortunately we... I never got the last one. Yeah, <laughs> I, I believe that I did, but it really didn't wrap things up too much. Superman 27, which was Hellspawn's cameo at the end. I think I got that one, I can't remember. <laughs> um, Hellspawn and uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws, number 14, Superman 27, and 29. Couldn't tell you that I got any of those. Uh, Rainmaker in Movement 2, 3, 4, and 8. I definitely got that because I enjoyed that entire series. It was just one of those uh, little lovely Gail Simone. It, it really re- reminded me a lot of uh, Welcome to Tranquility and everything that she did over there. She just does a great job creating new worlds and new characters. Hmm. I had to check that out where they put it on sale or something. Yeah, I think it'd be a nice thick trade. Hopefully they'll do all 12 at once, or maybe 6 and 6. But uh, it's just, she does a good job with that. Uh, Lynch in Suicide Squad, number 23, and Birds of Prey, number 25. And then the last one's really cool. So Kaizen Gamora in Batman Superman, 8 and 9, World's Finest, 20 and 21, and Birds of Prey, 24, as a regulus. Kaizen merged with a Team 7 character in that last one. But I did get... um, Batman Superman number 8 or 9 the other day, and I finally read it and got to read the Kaizen Gamora kind of tie-in. I didn't get all of those that kind of link together, but really cool take to see um, 
Kaizen Gamora and just how much of a badass he is in general. Um, as far as the big baddies in the Wildstorm universe that they were able to bring over, you know, we talked a lot about how the whole Hellspawn Damonite thing kind of fell flat. But Kaizen is really cool as a evil guy, and they were able to utilize him quite a bit um, throughout the Team 7 run and uh, here in Batman Superman of all places. I thought it was really cool. Hopefully I can pick up the other ones and, and see where that all went. Yeah, I mean, the the first three for the All-Star Western I have digitally, so all this other stuff I'm just going to watch for sales and pick up digitally as well. I'm really just, I think the only paper books I'm still getting are the Valiant books, and that's only because of the discount through DCBS, because that, it's just too much, too much <laughs> keeping up anymore with the room and all that stuff, so... But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm curious about a lot of these. Lynch and Suicide Squad is, sounds pretty perfect to me because the whole thing, what they set up with him and um, um, Amanda Waller, you know, and all that. And, and yeah, Kaizen, as a Superman-Batman villain, I, I can buy that. So, so um, I think that was a good place to put him. Because, yeah, I mean, I forgot, I don't know, one of my friends was arguing that why did they put Hellspawn against Superman? Well, why not? You know, if you want to establish him as a big, big badass, you have to send him up against one of DC's, you know, biggest heavy, heavy hitters, if not the biggest, you know. <laughs> so, and I think he's done well in the appearances. It's just, again, it's just like, oh, wait, no, I'm just going to kill all the Daemonites on our Superman. You don't have to worry about that. And <laughs> we're going to leave because... <laughs> because I'm going to pretend I'm unhappy with all this, but it's really editorial. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you want to go and mention the upcoming releases? <laughs> sure. This is kind of a misnomer, but the upcoming Wildstorm releases. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We've left that on there forever. That's awesome. Uh, May 7th, which we just saw, Futures End number one. It had the appearance of Grifter, but it wasn't just an appearance because he was on the cover. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> this week, May 14th, his Futures End number two. We don't have any confirmed Wildstorm appearances, but. Let's here's hoping. Uh, 521 is Future's End number three. Again, no confirmed appearances. And then at the end of the month, May 28th, Future's End number four, which there is a Stormwatch appearance that is confirmed. And remember, all these books are available digitally, either through DC Comics website or comicsology.com, day and date, every Wednesday. Yep. Go give your money to Amazon now. <laughs> I forgot to mention the only reason I was able to buy Futures in number one is because uh, some good Samaritan out there donated five bucks to my Comicsology account. What? So yeah, <laughs> so I got Futures in number one for free basically, and then and the issue two I'll only have to pay about a dollar for to make up the difference. So well, that was a nice wedding present. <laughs> well, thank you. Did you have a hand in that? <laughs> no, I didn't. But oh, okay. I just well, wanted thanks. to put that plug that you got married since we oh, that's been right. off oh, the yes. air. Yeah, there's been a lot that's gone on since the last marriages and births and yes, and and upcoming births and yeah, that's right. not for me, for Ben, but hopefully ours will be in the future sometime. So, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, thanks to whoever did that out there. If you listen to the podcast, which I would assume you do. Um, <laughs> other quick shout-outs. Um, remember to visit the Higher Authorities Message Board Clark's Bar. 
uh, to the the few, the proud. <laughs> proud? <laughs> Are we proud, really? I think we're uh, hiding in <laughs> the shame. Bitter. And... Yeah. <laughs> the bitter. No, the the truly diehard Wildstorm, longtime Wildstorm fans at uh, the Authority.ws. There is no WWW, and because um, they're still they're still trucking out there, and you got to hear uh, several of them come on last summer with us like ray and and dave and of course chris Stryker and titan you know um and all of them kicked ass yes yes that was the most fun it was a great way to 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 end last year before we took our hiatus so so we also have uh, our friends of the show uh image addiction podcast where they continue to cover new releases from image comics and the savage fin cast as they cover Savage Dragon, both can be found at uh, imageaddiction.net, which actually, now that I say that, I'm not sure that's still the case anymore. <laughs> <laughs> because they've had a lot of changes. Um, yeah, so it's now comicaddiction.net, which for those of you who have listened to us forever, which thank you if you've been with us that long. Uh, remember, the comic addiction used to be, is where we came from, is where we were birthed, <laughs> as you say. As I told Chris Parton the other day, he is our podcast father. Um, and that's where you'll find all of the podcasts except for us. We used to be on here, but we'll see if we can uh, plead for them to come to let us on there again. But I have been fulfilling my podcast needs elsewhere while I've been while we've been gone. Wow. Uh, slut. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I've been cheating on Ben. Because you can actually uh, get twice the Valiant coverage now with our friend of the show from Only the Valiant podcast and they're at onlythevaliant.com and our friends over at culturalwormhole.com and their Valiant Future podcast where I'm now a guest host and have been for God, it's been a year already? A regular uh, host. Yeah. I mean, they may as well not call you a guest anymore. Yeah, I'm just I'm one of the hosts. So, <laughs> but We also uh, have Chris Parton now as our third host because we... <laughs> We unfortunately lost Adam Kunis, who was our host from uh, England, and so um, he just Chris just started last month with us. So, uh, thank you, Ben, for that title. He says I'm the Pimp Mac Daddy regular host. <laughs> I'll be sure and tell Paul, who runs that podcast, to change my title to that. And we do have to give one more shout out to our buddy Chris Arendt over at Comic Book Resources, who. Um, you know, did ask that we would come back and discuss Wildstorm, even though it was dying at the time, and still, still on life support as it always seems to be. And we hope that uh, Chris, you know, will have some time to to come on and discuss Wildstorm with us at some point. He was supposed to be on tonight, but unfortunately something came up. But um, we'll see if we can try to get him on in the future. If not, you know, check out his regular articles at comicbookresources.com. If you want to contact us, because we know we just got tons of emails in this year, in past year, asking <laughs> us to come back. <laughs> Actually, we only got that one from Chris, but you know, you counted a lot because he's from Comic Book Resources, man. Uh, Hello, anybody home? <laughs> I know, right? We'll see if y'all still exist out there. Um, you know, drop us a line. Either you can come to my Twitter page at twitter.com/slash Joe David Solis, or you can look Ben up on Google Plus. And, of course, the podcast still has our Twitter, uh, which is backslash Wildstorm Addict. And our email still does work. It's uh, wildstormaddiction at gmail.com. And do we still have all this last stuff here? <laughs> I, I, I honestly, I have no idea. 
you know, technically their Facebook fan page is not a fan page. It just exists just because I typed in Wild Server Addiction as my quote-unquote job, <laughs> and it created it for me. <laughs> but anyway, we still exist on you know our own site, on iTunes, so hopefully somebody else stayed subscribed to us. If not, just go back and find us again, so... I know why we really came back and did this episode. It's because somebody did donate you $5 to Comixology. And I, I, I will say that I I do accept bribes of, of any sort, and, and you know, that, that will get me back on here. Not that it's really worth it, but it's yeah. much appreciated. And unfortunately, guys, I will not be doing weekly written reviews. Uh, just too much to keep up with because we're going to try our best to just even try to do the monthly podcast again. So if we can get that much going, that's an achievement in itself So for us and our busy lives and schedules and weddings and babies and marriages and all that other good <laughs> stuff. So, <laughs> But hopefully you guys are still listening and still enjoying the fact that DC will not – Send these characters quietly into the night. <laughs> they will live on. <laughs> or kill them several times over just for fun and torture us. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, anything else, Ben, before we go? I believe that is all. Thanks for listening, guys. And I guess welcome back. Yeah. <laughs> guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> on that note. <laughs> See you in Future's End? Hopefully. Five years from now. Five years from now. We'll see you guys five years from now. That's that's good. Flashpoint uh, miniseries, so... It's one of the few times that it was just like, oh my god, Ben, you didn't watch it. Shame for shame. <laughs> You're such a jerk. That's why I muted. <laughs> That's all getting edited out. <laughs> you have kids and see what you get to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you need to leave that in there. <laughs> You're lucky I can keep up on monthlies. <laughs> you just got to go late. You know, 2 o'clock in the morning after the baby goes back to sleep and you stay awake with cup of coffee and watch it <laughs> see maybe that's why i'm so bitter that the starlin run was so bad because i'm like man i have so little time in my life and <laughs> you're wasted on this yeah exactly